Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam First Canto, Chapter 4, Text 6 The Appearance of Sri Narda is it six that's on the board? Text six? Twenty-six. Yes. That's text twenty-six, not six. Correction. So Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, chapter four, text twenty-six, the appearance of Srinarda. Evam pravritasya sada bhutanam shreyasi vridja sarvat makenapi yatha natus yad dridayam Tata evam pravratasya sadha bhutanam shreyasidvija sarvatma khenapiyada natusyadre daya tata Dayam tata evam pravatasya sada Bhutanam shreyasid vidya Saravatma kena piyada Natus yadre dayam tata Evam pravratasya sada Bhutanam shreyasid vidya Sarvatma khenapiyada Natusyadre dayam tataha Evam Tvasyata Visadha Bhutanam Shreyasi Vijaha Jana Matusyadrayasyam Tata Evam pravatasya sada Bhutanam shreyasid vijaha Sarvatma 
सर्वात्मा one who is engaged in sadad always bhutanam of the living beings shreyasi in the ultimate good dvija o twice born Sarvatmakenapi by all means Yada when na not atusyat became become satisfied Hridayam mine Tata at that time. Translation. O twice born Brahmana, still his mind was not satisfied, although he engaged himself in working for the total welfare of all people. Please repeat. O twice born Brahmanas, still his mind was not satisfied. Although he engaged himself in working for the total welfare of all people. And this has a very short purport, so we might just read a couple of more texts and then um, go on and speak a little on this particular, um, on text 26. So purport by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. Srila Vyasadeva was not satisfied with himself. Although he had prepared literatures of Vedic value for the the all-around welfare of the general mass of people, it was not expected that he would be satisfied by all such activities. But ultimately, he was not satisfied. So it explains, it was not expected. I'm sorry. I read it wrong. It was, it was expected that he would be satisfied by all such activities, but ultimately he was not satisfied. So he had compiled um, Srila Vyasudeva, who is the literally incarnation of Krishna, had compiled all of these different literatures as we read in, 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 uh, previous, in the previous text. And at this point, he didn't feel satisfied. And so it's going to go on to explain, um, we'll go on and read about his dissatisfaction, why he was, wasn't satisfied. So we'll go to t- text 27. Nati prasiddha dreidaya 
Sarasvatayastate Sucha Vitarkayam Vivikta Idam Kovacha Dharmavit Translation Thus the sage, being dissatisfied at heart, at once began to reflect. Because he knew the essence of religion, and he said within himself, and he said within himself, hmm, purport by Srila Prabhupada, the sage began to search out the cause of not being satisfied at heart. Perfection is never attained until one is satisfied at heart. The satisfaction of heart has to be searched out beyond matter. And this is really a really sweet verse because now Vyasade was going into the reason why he doesn't feel complete, why he doesn't feel um, satisfied after compiling all of the literatures that was that, that he previously, um, you know, wrote for the general benefit of the men, um, women, sudras, and the lower class. And it is explained that the Srimad Bhagavatam it stated that the Srimad Bhagavatam is actually the essence of the Vedas. You know, these are not imaginary stories. These are actual factual stories. Um, you know, sometimes unauthorized men conclude that, oh, you know, these are just stories, but they're, they're actually authorized. And the Srimad Bhagavatam is also called Sukha Samhita. And that also refers to uh, um, the Vedic hymn spoken by Srila Sukadev Goswami, who is the great learned sage. And in this particular, where we are right now, the Bhagavatam is being spoken for the second time in the forest of Nami Sharanya. And the sages are encouraging um, to hear more about, about the despondency of, of, of um, Srila Vyasadeva. So we'll read the next text, which is pretty long, which is compiled to text 20, not 28 and 29. Oh, there's one point on this also, because it's really interesting that... Um, it says that one has to search out spiritual knowledge from the heart. And it's not uh, this searching that, will, that, that, that one is trying to really understand and understand the essence of the Vedas. It's not something that is done externally. Um, it says that the satisfaction of the heart has to be searched out beyond matter. So it's not a material, you know, it's not like studying history books or, you know, reading novels or reading stories about by, by mundane um, artists that have no reference um, to service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Um, and so they don't, these, you know, it's, it's like the newspapers that are, are printed every day all over the world. These, these, these newspapers are compiled, people read them, and then they discard them. They're in the streets. And, and, and there's, there's no real satisfaction to, to what is being said in these newspapers. Actually, if you pick up a newspaper from 20 years ago, 
and you make a comparison of a newspaper that you see today, basically the information will be the same. There's no change in what's happening. You know, maybe there's an extra murder, or maybe, you know, some person, a different person won a lottery, or the advertisements are more intense, or the colors. Are, so these things may dramatically change. But other, as far as the information goes, it's the same material nonsense that went on 10 years ago. There's no change in the flow of Kali Yuga, other, other, than, the, other than the fact that it's getting worse. You know, it's becoming more and more difficult. Um, Prabhupada told a story once, and I'm going to try to tell it. I'm not very good at telling stories, so you'll have to forgive me before I even attempt to tell the story. But in reference to these newspapers, the value of them, um, and what people place on the newspapers and the information that they're getting from them. I mean, I, I remember as a child in New York City, I would ride the subway from uh, um, from an institution that I was staying in a, on, on orphanage, and I would drive from Brooklyn all the way to Queens. I was going to, to high school at Newtown High School. And in, the, and in that time in the morning when I had to take the train, I would be sitting down and be all... You know, mostly, um, you know, white-bodied men, and everyone had a newspaper. They had either the New York Times, and I, I remember, I couldn't even read the newspapers at that particular time. Um, but they had the New York Times, which was a big one, the New York Post, and the Wall Street Journal. These were three of the prominent newspapers that I saw. And everyone had a newspaper open. It was like out of a scene of a movie. You know, everyone was sitting there and engrossed in what was going on in the daily, what happened in the previous day and who's, you know, doing what in politics. And they were just simply engrossed in this. There was no, you know, uh, um, contact with the person next to them, no eye contact. It was just everyone just had their newspapers in front of their face. And I used to just watch this and think, what are they reading? Because I actually couldn't read that. At the time, I was totally illiterate. And so it was this, it was, which made it more striking for me. So Prabhupada tells this story about the, um, when a great, when a, um, um, a priest goes to a communist country, you can do that outside, okay? If you have to do that, you can do it outside, not in, not in the temple room, Okay? Thank you. So, um, the story is that a, a, a missionary went to a European country and, and, and he was trying to convert miners who spent their whole day in, this, in the deep, dark wells, you know, just, just daily, you know, in the mines. And it was very, very cold. And it was very, very damp, and it was very dark, and it was very unpleasant. And, the, and, and, the, and the, just, you can just imagine the working condition of these men who are going down there on a daily basis, spending hours and hours, you know, with this really, you know, laborious, intense, you know, mining work. You know, they had their helmets on, and they had, you know, gloves and boots and and. and you know, that was their gear, and on their helmets they had these little lights. You know, so that that's the 
the, the, the type of environment that they had to dress for and the type of environment that they were in. So this priest was trying to convert them to Christianity to, to get them to understand and the essence of having, you know, God in their life. And so his, he said to them that, um, you know, if they, if they didn't, um, you know, um, um, take an interest in understanding and serving God, that they would go to hell. And so they were a little baffled, and so they didn't understand what hell was, what is, you know, what is hell. So, the pre- so they didn't have any, it didn't move them, the fact that um, they would possibly go to hell. So the preacher or the priest, um, missionary, was explaining to them what hell was like. And he said, you know, hell is hell is dark and in hell is damp and there's no sunlight and it's cold and and it's just, you know, so he was explaining like this. So they were miners were thinking, well, well wait a minute, we, we we're miners and we work in dark and cold and there's no sunlight, and so everything that the missionary described was something they were already doing. So they weren't really phased. We're already in hell. So it didn't disturb them. So the priest, the, the missionary, you know, scratched his head, and he's trying to figure out, how can I get them to understand, you know, the importance of, you know, being in hell? And he said to them, in hell, they have no newspapers. And then all the miners, oh, oh, because they, you know, to them, just like these men I was explaining to you when I was a child riding the subways, their daily their daily lives were absorbed in, you know, in the newspaper. So they, they um, that was the comparison that he made to make them aware of the drudgeries of going to hell. So anyway, these a lot of that, but that's the a lot of the literature that's presented in newspapers and in periodicals and magazines. Even when we go, you know, shopping, and you know, you'll see maybe on the as you're in the checkout counter, you know, there there's always these you know periodicals, uh, and they'll be you know explaining such, you know. The topics are just, um, they're so, I can't even, just the word for them, but they're so childish. You know, you read, this one movie star has left this personality and now is with someone else, and then this is going on, and that's going on. And then every, every once in a while they'll have, they'll really try to get the interest of the people by showing you know, someone like, you know, Elvis, you know, comes back and they'll have a big section of, of, of Elvis Presley and in order to go back to a former president like President Kennedy and you'll see him on the counter just to try to stir up the interest of the people in general, you know. And these things, they, you know, again, they're, they, 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 um, they gratify you for a short time and then they're just discarded. Because they had, there's no real substance to it. They're not getting, they're not getting satisfaction of heart, you know. 
materially there's some there 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 you know there there's some sentimental attachment and some sentimental understanding but there's nothing very philosoph- philosophical in a lot of those articles that could, that can really give people what they underst- what they need to understand about what's going on in life in their life and in life in general right where they're going where they came from who is god what is their relationship with God? All the most, the essential questions that need to be answered in one's life. Why are we here? What is the purpose of being here? So these things you will not find in any of these periodicals. And here we have the literary incarnation of God himself who has compiled so much literature and he's dissatisfied. He doesn't feel in his heart that he's 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 given the 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 explanation and then we'll go on I don't want to spoil it so text 28 and text 29 vrita vartena himaya chandam siguravagnaya Manitani Vrayalikena Grahitam Chanusasanam Bharata Vyapadeshena Riyam Nayartacha Pundari Resyatayatradharmadi Shri Sudarbiya Aputa. Translation. I have, under strict disciplinary vows, unpretentiously worshipped the Vedas, the spiritual master, and the altar of sacrifice. I have also abided by the rulings and have sh- and have shown the import of disciplic succession through the explanation of the Mahabharatas, by which even women, sudras, and other friends of the twice-born can see the path of religion. So here, you know, he's explaining again why his despondency, because after after compiling all these literatures to enlighten even the lower class. There is, again, this dissatisfaction within his heart that something is missing. You know, in all of these writings that I have compiled, something is missing. And that something is the essence in his, and he's feeling it. He's feeling it. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. No one can understand the import of the Vedic, of the Vedas, without having undergone a strict disciplinary vow of the simplic succession. So, to really understand the value and the essence of Vedic knowledge, it has to be authorized. That's what this is saying. And with, and that, that is the difference between Vyasadeva's writing, and also the continuation to Srila Prabhupada's writing of these wonderful texts, is that it has been handed down 
undisturbed in disemplic succession. So the same information that was originally um, given by Vyasadeva is exactly what we're experiencing and reading at this very moment. You know, the Bhagavatam was spoken twice on the um, on the sacred rivers of the Ganges with Parikshit Maharaj when he was speaking with Sukadeva Goswami, and then also at Nami Sharanya, where this particular text is explaining, um, is going into. Is it the second reading of of, of the Srimad Bhagavatam as as it was spoken in, in, in Nami Sharanya? So again, we have the gathering of great souls who are sitting down to hear. And that is exactly what we do every day at every temple and in every household all over the world in so many different languages. We sit down and we engage ourselves in this kata. And it also explains that one has to be going through the pure, to, to really understand the essence of what is being said. There is some sacrifice that have to be made. You know, and Prabhupada has laid down the law as, and it's very simple for us in this age. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has made it very, very simple as opposed to previous ages where so many, it, it, it was much more detailed to, for spiritual realization. We have the easiest process. Prabhupada has laid it, and, and Srila Prabhupada has made it even easier for us. You follow the four regulative principles, you chant your prescribed number of rounds, and you take Krishna Prashadam. Everything else will follow. And that's part of the purification process that they're speaking, to be able to really dive into the nectar, the essence of what is being said here. It's life-changing. This is what we need for the despondency in our life. This is exactly the same question that we should be asking and that some of us are asking that are here and that participate in this glorious movement to understand our relationship and to actually end this repeated, continuous cycle of birth and death, of having to come back and take another body. Because we're eternal beings, we have an eternal relationship with Krishna, and this is not, this material body and this mind and senses are something that we very, very foolishly asked for. So now how do we get out of that? How do we get, get out of that? And Srila Vrasadeva has made it very, very easy for us because we have these wonderful literatures that we can dive into to get the explanation and the answer to some of the despondencies that we're experiencing on a daily basis. So we really need to take this very, very serious. And as it says here, we need to take it to heart. The Vedas... Uh, the Vedas, spiritual master, and the sacrificial fire must be worshipped 
by the desiring candidate. So, as I just said, these things need to take place. It's a commitment. It's not cheap. You know, if you want spiritual, if you want anything, even materially, you have to put a certain amount of effort into it. And sometimes the effort put in and the results that are received are very minute. And you have to do it again and again and again to get such a small amount of satisfaction materially. It's like if you're really, really thirsty, you know? I mean, it's a hot day, and you're really thirsty, and you've been running around, and someone comes over and says, here, let me help you quench your thirst, and they give you one drop of water. And you're sitting there, and you're like, you know, let me give you one drop you know, you're perspiring, you know, your 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 breathing is, is, is up, you know, your pulse is elevated, and you need liquids, you need to hydrate. So I'm going to help you, and how am I going to help you? By giving you one drop of water. And that's not going to satisfy you, it's not going to nourish you, it's not what you need. So that's a, that's so materially. That's what people are getting on a daily basis. They're getting one drop, not a full glass, not a half a glass, and it's not satisfying. And they have to keep running to get satisfaction. And our situation is that we are very very fortunate because we're getting the opportunity. The opportunity to have as much fluids, liquids, water as available because we're going through a process. And it is satisfying. All these intricacies of Vedic knowledge and system, um, are systematically present in the Mahabharata for the understanding of the women class, the labor class, and the unqualified members of brahmanas, chatriyas, or vaisha families. In this age, the Mahabharata is more essential than the original Vedas. So, again, we have uh, Srila Vyasadeva, who's, who's not, after compiling all of these literatures for you know, humanity at large, um, he's still searching for that point where um, his heart needs to be fulfilled. So, again, we're going to continue to text 30. We'll read some more. Tatapi bata medaya Yatma chaivat mana vibhu asampana eva bati brahma vachasya satama. It's text 30. Translation I am feeling incomplete, though I myself am fully equipped with everything required. By the Vetus. Srila Prabhupada's purport. 
Undoubtedly, Shulivyasadev was incomplete in all the details of Vedic achievements. Purification of the living being submerged in matter is made possible by the prescribed act. Wait. Purific, I'll read that again. Purification of the living being submerged in matter is made possible by the prescribed activities in the Vedas. But the ultimate achievement is different. Unless it is attained, the living being, even though fully equipped, cannot be situated in the transcendental normal stage. So, even after having compiled all of these literatures um, that's available, um, again, the, the purification process needs to needs to take place, and that doesn't happen for someone who's submerged in matter. What is that submerging in matter when it states here? It means thinking that you're the body. You know, that's one of the first um, messages that Srila Prabhupada, you know, brought forth when he came to marriage is understanding that we are different from the body. You know, we're spirit souls. We're part and partial of God. We're eternal. We are not these material, we're not blood, flesh, bone, marrow, mucus, stool, you know. That's not the essence of who we really are. And that's part of the despondency if one is relating to his material body, his mind, and his senses. And the process of devotional service is a means to really go beyond that limited understanding of thinking, I am matter. And that di- that's the difference between a devotee and a non-devotee, is, is the understanding of the spirit soul within the body, and that God is actually seated in the heart. Krishna is in the heart. God is in your heart, and you are part and partial of Krishna, not dull matter. You know, there was once explained that if you're thinking that one is the body, then what happens when a dead body is placed before you? Where is your father? I have personal experience of this, because I had three children, And I had a seven-month-old daughter who was perfectly healthy. And I was caring for her as my wife went to work. She was a teacher. And we had come to the decision, like some devotees here, Jai Goranga has kind of been that situation where, and we have that where a lot of the fathers or mothers choose for the benefit of their children to stay with the children as opposed to working. There's a mother here. I was visiting their home having a meal. And um, she has a master's and she has a, oh, I, she has so many degrees. And she's staying home taking care of her three boys. And her husband is working. She could be going out, you know, working, making lots of Lakshmi, you know. But she's, she chose to give up her career to take care of her children. And we see that a lot with, with devotees because they're very, very 
concerned about the care of children. You know, our most precious commodity. And any parent knows that. So I had a seven-month-old daughter. And my wife was working. And since I was a tennis pro, most, most of a, a teaching tennis pro, much, mo, most of my work could be accomplished after she got home from school and during the summer when I traveled to different programs to teach at summer camps and things of that nature. So here I have a perfectly healthy child, girl, seven months old, and my wife had just fed her and went to work, and I was getting the laundry ready for the three kids. And as I passed my young daughter, I just had a feeling that something wasn't right. But I didn't act on it. And I walked past and I came back again, and I looked at her, and I saw that her face was discolored. She had very light complexion because my wife has a white body, and so she had very light complexion. So I could actually see there was some blue in her face. And the first time when I walked past, I realized she had already left her body. And here's a seven-month-old child, my daughter. And there's a lot to this story and understanding, but the essence of what I'm trying to get across here is the fact that even for me, a personal lesson was understood as to what is being said here about us not being the body. I don't think there's anyone in this room, and since we have all males, who would be a father to a child, and their child died before them, left their body before them, and wouldn't have any feelings and say, oh, that's okay, she's really not her body. Okay? So, naturally, there's a lot of affection for this child that Krishna has given to you, and is actually Krishna is taking back from you. But at that particular time, you're not in that frame of mind. So this child was taken at seven months, and, I mean, I, my wife and I were both very, very hysterical, and we were crying, we didn't understand immediately, you know, we're, but... Ultimately, I understood my initial response, because I'm not so Krishna conscious, you know, I'm still a, a, a DIT, <laughs> a devotee in training. Sometimes these things are hard to understand philosophically until they're placed before you. So, so I think I came to the realization that my daughter was not the flesh and bone that before me when they took her to the hospital and repeatedly, she was already gone. She was gone. And repeatedly the doctors were sticking needles and pins in her head and pushing fluids in her and they had all, it was just like a monster movie, you know? I mean, when I saw what the doctors were doing, immediately I think I came to my realization I mean, they were thinking that they had the power to bring a seven-month-old healthy child back to life. You know, and here was their opportunity to do so. So they put her on artificial recitation and they put all these things. But she was gone. She was gone. And it made it a little bit uh, for me to understand that, yes, she's someplace else right now. 
Krishna has taken her according to his plan. And there's nothing you can do about it. But the point I'm trying to drive in is the fact that there was the body of my daughter. But it wasn't my daughter. It was just, it was just her body, a material body. Again, it's not that easy to understand. So we'll, we'll finish up. I think we have a, a few. What, what time are we supposed to end class? 8.30? 8.30? Oh. I, I won't detain you. I know how everyone loves Pashadam. <laughs> so anyway, um, so Srila Vyasadeva appeared to have lost the clue and therefore he felt dissatisfaction. We're going to go to text 31. We'll just continue reading some. I was actually told to, I could continue to read a few verses, so I'm following instructions. Disciplic succession. Kimva Bhagavata Dharma Na praye na nirupitaha priya paramaham sanam ta eva yat uh, yachuta priyaha. That's text 21, uh, sorry, 31, the translation. Um, this may be because I did not satisfy the point. Out, I'm sorry, this may be because I did not specifically point out the devotional service of the Lord, which is dear both to perfect beings, to the infallible, infallible Lord. So now we're coming to the point where we're seeing where his despondency was. He has searched out in his heart, not matter, and he's getting answers to that. And also, that is our situation. We have the opportunity to search out through the heart the connection of our despondency. Why are we not happy? Why are we not satisfied? You see, the opportunity is placed before us. And again, it's the effort. We, In order to get an answer to that, just like Vyasadeva, there's work involved. There's work involved. There's a performance. And one has to take this very serious. And again, I have to hit the nail on the head and say, for us, in this age of Kali Yuga, we really have to take this practice of chanting the holy names very, very serious. This right now, we happen to be in a very, very fortunate situation, which actually connects to uh, sadhus coming together. Because we have a five-day, 50-hour festival that is going to be placed before us, and it gives us an opportunity to assemble with great Vaishnavas from all over the world and to glorify Krishna. See, we're always getting opportunities to make spiritual advancement. So within the next days or so, we'll have you know sadhus coming from all over. We'll have uh, Vaishnavas coming from all over that, that we are hosting 
an opportunity to really take advantage. And our, 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 uh, our, um, our talk, our kata should be specifically focused in on how we as devotees make spiritual advancement. These are opportunities. I, yesterday, I was outside and I was, was, I had some conference with the GBC because I was asked to take a, a, a responsible role, which I'm really not qualified for, and that's not humility, that's just honesty. So they, I had to, uh, um, um, you know, talk to some of the lawyers, and which is something I don't usually do. And while I was outside speaking, I noticed a very nice three different. Uh, there were a lot of activity going on amongst devotees. There was one group of devotees that were speaking together, and there was another devotee. There was devotees that were playing cricket, you know, with a family. Just very nice. There was another, there was samadhi sitting around. It was a very very nice atmosphere. And I, I took the liberty of just kind of like walking around and hearing several groups of men speaking. And all the conversation was Krishna Kata. You know, they weren't talking about, you know, who's going to win the national championship, you know, or what commercials are really cool coming out, you know, what is the, la- the, la- the latest hair fashion, you know, what are, putting, what are men putting in their hair to keep the gray out. You know, all these, all these nonsense topics. They were talking about Krishna and, and they were talking about how for them, their experiences in all three of these conversations. And again, that differs. That differs from, so, so we can also have a similar experience where you can see people discussing topics, topics. Let's say maybe at a bar. And there's no talk of self-realization. There's no talk of... It's all nonsense. It's all nonsense. It's all empty. And there's, there's, no, there's no substance to it. Again, for a few seconds, you're going to talk about your favorite team and your favorite sports player, and then it ends. There's no benefit. There's no benefit for you. It just fills time because there's really nothing else to do. Okay, but in these topics yesterday that I was hearing with the devotees, there's it, there's eternal because they're making an effort to really center their lives around God, around Krishna, and these are topics to relish. And so again, we come back to Vyasadeva, and he's making the point of saying that that's what he didn't. It completely given his um, in his um, original topics and his original writings. Now he's focusing to see. Ah, I see what I need to imply, what I need to add. Okay, the glorification of of the Lord of Krishna, and that's our point. That's our situation. Anytime there's some despondency in our lives, we need to ask ourselves the question: Why? And in a lot of cases, because we're not doing as Vyasadeva is doing here, we're not focusing on the essence of our heart and trying, I'm speaking of myself, of why I'm not feeling complete satisfaction in my spiritual life. What's missing? What's missing? You know, I worked with a lot of tennis pros, you know, a lot of tennis pros in different tournaments. 
And one thing I can uh, uh, relate to as far as that, there's a saying with them is that they always go back to bases. These are people who have spent their whole lives hitting a fuzzy yellow ball. You know, their whole life since they were children, hours and hours and hours of hitting a ball. I mean, imagine, you know, they're not coming to Bhagavatam class. They're not taking Krishna's Bashadam. They're not chanting. They're hitting a yellow ball for hours, day in and day out. And at a certain stage of their life, when they're making, they're expert. It takes 300 forehands. 300 shots to make one so-called perfect shot in tennis. 300 times you have to hit the ball. To make a so-called perfect shot. And these players in their professional lives come to a point where they go back to basis. They start all over again. So with us, we we do things repetitively. So if the pros are doing it for the material hitting this little yellow fuzzy ball, right, which may benefit them in the next life if they want to continue to do that, but who wants to come back and continually hit a yellow ball? I mean, really, after a point it becomes monotonous. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make here is for devotees, we need to also sometimes come to the point where we need to go back to basis. Because we do these things every day. We need to refresh. And again, I say that we have an opportunity because we have devotees from all over the country. And if we meet other devotees, the main point of our topic and our relationship should be Krishna. How are you advancing in Krishna? What are you doing in your spiritual life? You know, how can I come closer to Krishna? How can I come closer to Krishna's devotees? Because that's important. That's important. How can I treat and love Krishna's devotees? Because when Krishna sees that, he's pleased. He's pleased. Unless it is attained, the living being, even though fully equipped, cannot be situated in the transcendental normal stage. Srila Vyasadeva appeared to have lost a clue and therefore felt dissatisfaction. You know, so the same dissatisfaction that he's feeling, sometimes we feel. I was, I travel all over the country to different temples and I try to do service and I'm really trying to become you know, a devotee and try to really understand and serve. And I really have love for devotees, really understand. And for me, it's taken years. Um, slow progress. Um, and then one of the things, again, is this service attitude that we have towards one another. You know, I, um, I, there are some devotees who can relate to what I'm saying, but when I first joined Krishna Consciousness back in the early 70s. And it's kind of humorous now. 
and I don't even know how most of us got our rounds chanted, but I, in 1971, I came from New York. I met Srila Prabhupada in the Brooklyn Temple in that 1974, and then they had the opening, then the, there was some changes, and then they had the building on 55th Street, the big, tall hotel building, and I went from there, and then they sent me to Gainesville in 1977. So my point I'm trying to make here is that in, when I first came to Gainesville, and actually Ritavaja Maharaj was there, which is, he's going to be in town, he was actually, anyway. Uh, we'd get up in the morning to chant our rounds, and every devotee lived in the temple. We get up in the morning, and I was one of those devotees because I was following the footsteps of devotees like Ritavaja. We'd get up at 2 o'clock in the morning because everyone in the temple did Sankirtan. Everyone. Everyone went out every day. It was like, you know, it was like firemen in the fire station, you know, going out for an emergency. It was that, you know, and we were competing against other. It was, it was, it was like, you know, yeah, you, there was nothing else but getting up, chanting, hearing class, taking Bashada, and getting out there and putting the fire out day to day. And one of the things that we did, which is the point I'm trying to make, is I would, be, you know, the devotees would be outside because, you know, Florida, Gainesville, Florida is very nice, you know, and the weather is nice, so you get that. And you want to go outside and chant because the weather is, it's, it's, a, it's very pleasant in the morning. Even at 2 o'clock, it's very pleasant. So we're chanting our rounds. And as soon as a devotee came out and you were chanting, automatically you would stop chanting and you would bow down and you would offer your obeisances to that devotee. Okay? Then you go back to your chanting. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. And then another devotee would come out. And then you, the devotee you just offered obeisance for, and the devotee you just came out would sit there, and then you would offer obeisance. And this went on, you know, uh, uh, you know, we would, in the morning when, when we saw devotees. And it was kind of, you know, it may have been a little much, you know, and it's not practical now, because we say obeisances at one setting to devotees all over the world. But, that was that was done then, and it, and, and and it was it was when I when when I reflect on it now, that 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 was a very nice way of you know appreciating each other, you know that's still done today by the way in some in some temples. I mean I go to some places and I see devotees right away. We we know that we have to get on the ground, you know, and, and offer the the most deepest respect and deepest love to each other, you know, by bowing down to each other. Such a glorious way of 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 loving a devotee, you know. Of loving a devotee is, is to put yourself in the most humblest position on the ground. Who does that? You know. You know today it's just all uh, the, the, the cool thing is all these hand slaps, you know, and shaking and punches and you know, hey, you know, all this kind of stuff. But that's not humility. That's that's puffed up pride. You know, it, it's a cool thing to to have all these cool handshakes and cool ways. It's all it's it's all mental. When one bows down to someone in humility, that's love. That's love. When you put yourself in a position where you lower yourself to another Vaishnav, okay, that has, that has meaning. That takes precedence. Not some cool handshake or some nonsense that, you know, some, some waving of the hands and, you know, jiving and gyrating and all this nonsense. So, 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 so here again, it's it, it it's putting in our, our, ourselves in a position to really, really care and love about each other because that's what we're here for. And if we lose that, and if we don't feel that, we're going to feel the same despondency that's being said here. 
Because to, the, the answers to fulfill that in our heart is what we do every day by sitting here together. What we're going to do for the next five days of sitting with devotees, just glorifying 50 additional hours of glorifying Krishna, of glorifying Krishna's devotee. So getting back to basics also means that every day, every day when we start our day, we don't take this for granted. We do not take this for granted. This is our life and soul. Okay? This is another way, a very, very important way of understanding that despondency. So each day, no matter how many years you've been chanting, every day's a new day to chant. Every day's a new opportunity to increase your chanting. Every day's another day to improve your chanting. It's not just something I have to do every day, like hitting a fuzzy tennis ball. And that's how... We become closer to each other because we're purifying the dirt, the dust from our heart. If you're given this opportunity, then take it. We have to take it seriously. So we'll read one. We'll read text. We'll finish up. We'll conclude with text thirty-one. I hope someone's keeping track of the verses that we went through because tomorrow's verse will be on text. 32. So tomorrow's verse will be 1st Canto, chapter 4, text 32. I will conclude today's class with text 31. Kim va bhagavata dharma na prayena nirupitaha priya pa... That's the one I just did. All right, I'll do it anyway. Priya Paramahamsana Taeva Arachut Priyaha. So this is the verse I just did. But So we'll end on 31, as I said, but I already did the verse. And I'll just read it again. This may be because I did not specifically point out a devotional service of the Lord, which is dear both to perfect beings, to the infallible Lord. In the purport, I'll read again by Srila Prabhupada. The dissatisfaction which was being felt by Srila Vyasadeva is expressed herein in his own words. This was felt for the normal condition of the living, uh, this was felt for the normal condition of the living being in devotional service of the Lord. Unless one is fixed in the normal condition of service, neither to the Lord nor the living being can be fully satisfied. The normal position, you have to, we have to be fixed. That's our devotional service. That's what we do on a daily basis as devotees. That's our normal condition. Um, this defect was felt by him when Narada Muni, his spiritual master, reached him. Uh, when, I'm sorry, when, when Narada Muni, his spiritual master, reached him. 
It is described as follows. Oh, and it goes on. It just gets better and better. It just doesn't stop getting better and better and sweeter and sweeter, you know. <laughs> but I have to end here. Well, the, anyway, the next verse is going to explain more about his despondency because then now Nadamuni appears, and he's you know he's he's lamenting. So um, we will take a you know we'll conclude here, and, and tomorrow we'll continue on text thirty-two. Um, if there's any comments, any corrections. Or any questions that you'd like to ask at this time, please, you know, there's a microphone. Uh, please feel free to, to, to do so. Krishna? Yeah, it was. So, um, Prabhu, my question is, um, so Srila Vyasadev has compiled all the Vedas, and he compiled all the rest, Vedanta, etc. But why did he do that? Because uh, he didn't tell us exactly what we needed to do. It's like... Compiling Vedas or, let's say, writing the Vedas because they were known at that time, but not written down. Why did he pay so much attention to writing down the Vedas which don't describe uh, the devotional service? So, practically speaking, he was uh, describing this material world and maybe some gods and uh, Lord Vishnu and Lord Indra and uh, all the rest and Vedanta. But he didn't didn't write any practically speaking essence. So it's like Albert Einstein writing down his theories, describing this world and not scientifically, giving, yeah. but n- not really giving giving the any solution, useful yeah. useful things. Right, right. Yeah. Why? Why so? Well, I I can only say. I mean, I, that's a, that's a, by the way, it's a very good question, and you know, it, it it really needs to be presented to someone more scholarly than myself, but I'll just say for my limited understanding, to answer, and it was, you know, again, a very good question, is that um, this, this whole, this was all arranged, first of all, this was all arranged by the Lord, and it's to, you know, part of it is to intrigue our interest, because as we read here, there are so many things that we do, and why do we go to so many things to get to the point of surrendering to Krishna consciousness. Why don't we just come to the point, the roundabout point, and just surrender automatically? You know? So these, a lot of the information that was given is given according to time, place, and circumstance. You know? And people are ready to receive certain things at a certain time. Just like the story I was telling about the miners. You know, the, 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 the missionary could, didn't just jump in and say, hey, you know, you have to surrender to God because if you don't surrender to God, you're going to hell. So he had to find a way to, first of all, in, to, to flame their interest. And how did he do that? By saying, yes, hell has no newspapers. And newspapers were very dear to them. So by him taking that example enabled them to really... Um, 
come to the point of understanding that they really needed to do some work so that they, they don't really go to hell. So similarly in these, you know, the writings that are, you know, it, 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 it Shri is writing led up to a point we could actually give the conclusion, like you said, the mathematical formula. Einstein had these formulas, you know, this to this to this to that. But then what's the conclusion? So now is the point of conclusion. It actually intrigues our interest. It makes us want to dive in and figure out, you know, um, um, and, and even for him, even for him, the literary incarnation of God. He wrote these first, you know, and and and, and he didn't just come to the to, to the point of where he's where we're getting now. We're, so, it's a, it, it was systematically done. Again, that's, I mean, if someone else wants to comment on that, you know, please, please, please feel free to, to, to add. Um, thank you. Thank you for your class. So, the only comment I have in that regard is that um, I was listening to a lecture the other day and that all the different aspects of the Vedas are for the unlimited living entities that are on different levels. levels. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, it's a progressive path, isn't it? So that they can fit in where they are and progress further from there. And just one other comment. I was on the altar last night and we were listening to a lecture of Srila Prabhupada and he said over and over again, it was a lecture in Mayapur in 75, and he said over and over again, he repeated, the whole essence of the class was, if you can just grasp this and remember, Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. And he said it over and over again in his class. And so that's what Srila Vyasadeva was giving us with the Bhagavatam. Hare Krishna, thank you. Thank you, Manji. And, and in addition, also, he did give, give, give valid information because it says, you know, uh, when he was, uh, um, um, all these intricacies in the Vedic knowledge are systematically presented in the Mahabharata for the understanding of the women class, the laborer class, the unqualified members of Brahmins, Chatriyas, Vaisha families. So the information was pertinent, you know. But again, like Manji was explaining, um, you know, uh, uh, benefit was received, but now he's 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 just really like like you know expounding on the essence of everything. So there was now it's like the law books. You know there are certain laws that that anyone here who's a lawyer or a studied lawyer and I don't know why I brought this up because I have no knowledge of law. I'm not even a lawyer. I just learned how to read you know a month ago. So um, but but the point is that. Um, you know, it's 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 a progressive it's a it's it's a progressive um, 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 process. It's like let's take something like math, something as simple as math. You have to learn one plus one is two first before you go to algebra and all these other topics. You can't just jump to algebra and try to understand algebra, trigonometry, and all these other very very advanced subject matters. You know, so 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 again, you know. 
the information wasn't just like newspapers or something mundane. It was very valid. But now we're coming to the point where people can really, really understand and, and just really dive into the purpose of all. And Krishna and, 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 just, and the descriptions of the personality of Godhead, which, were, uh, which is going to be explained in these next few um, texts, um, is, is, is presented. So, I mean... Um, if anyone else wants to comment on 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 that or or any additional questions, you know, again, you know, for us, Krishna gives in the Bhagavad Gita examples of how we really, again, you know, come closer to Him and even to each other. You know, and that one will t- uh, take ten ten. You know, Tesam Satatu Yuktanam Bajatam Pritipurva Kam Nadami Buddha Yogam Kam Yenamam Upayantite. You know, to those who are constantly devoted and, and serve with love, I give the understanding uh, um, by which they can come to me. So it, it's through this practice, it's through this practice that one understands, you know, the purpose. And it's revealed, it's revealed. And again, it's not matter. And it's not external. It's revealed from the heart within. It's revealed. And the connecting point, again, I'll go back. The connecting point in conclusion is that every day we take very, very, very serious the matter to heart of chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Thank you very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada.